Hey everyone, this is Leela Sinha. Welcome to Power Pivot, the podcast version two. This is where we talk about business, leadership, ethics, community, and the way it all fits together. I'm glad you're here. Hi everyone. Thanks for tuning in. So I've been thinking a lot about Ukraine lately. How can we not think a lot about Ukraine lately? First of all, it's everywhere, which it should be. And secondly, the horror, the absolute horror. But one of the things I saw on Twitter really got me thinking about public voice and propaganda and the things you can do when you tell a story. It was this thread on Twitter where somebody was talking about somebody they knew, so a couple of degrees removed from the source. But this person that they knew was a friend of theirs in Ukraine who had, uh, had to leave for Poland and was talking about how things were in Ukraine to their family who was still in Russia. And their Russian family didn't believe them. Their Russian family did not believe them as they crouched in terror, as they waited for trains, as they took trains out of the city and out of the country with only the things they could carry in their hands and on their backs. Their parents and their other relatives did not believe them that this was happening. They believed that it was Ukrainian propaganda, that somehow they were Ukrainians dressed as Russian soldiers committing these atrocities. Which gave me my first real insight, my first real understanding of how powerful the Russian propaganda machine is in Russia. And then I watched some person on the street interviews with very similar content, with people saying that, you know, Ukraine was full of of terrible people and deserve to be wiped off the earth. And I, I couldn't believe I was watching that on video, that people said that on video with their faces and everything and didn't seem to see anything wrong with it. That is some powerful storytelling that's going on in Russia. That is a powerful propaganda machine going on over there. And all these people believing it. And I don't think there's anything special about Russia or Russians. The same thing happens here all the time. And so I've been thinking about, like, how does that happen? Like, what is really going on there? And the answer is story. The answer is this incredibly powerful thing that goes back to the beginning of the beginning of humanity, which is story has captured people because somebody has bent, as so often happens, somebody has bent this thing to the will of an evil force. Which, of course, brings us back to ethics and power and the stories we tell. How do we, how do we make sure that when we tell a story, we're using storytelling well? Now, I know that there are a lot of marketers who a few years ago, especially, it was a very popular thing to tell people that they needed to understand story and storytelling. And if they did, then their businesses would take off and everything would be marvelous. And story is extremely powerful. Um, And if you tell a story well, you're not just telling a story, you're bringing people through an emotional arc. When I was in elementary and middle school, I used to do storytelling for fun. We had storytelling competitions in our school and I was entranced by folktales, 
absolutely entranced by folk and fairy tales. And so I would learn them and I would tell them to my brother usually as bedtime stories. But when the contest happened, I turned out to be better at it than anyone expected because public speaking was the thing that most terrified me in the world at that time. Little did I know. But I loved conveying stories. I loved taking people through the emotional arc of a story, telling them something, but not all of the something right away and giving them the suspense and the surprise and making them care about somebody who doesn't exist, maybe never existed, and down into the hard parts and up into the into the soaring parts. And, and then finally to some kind of resolution that leaves them close enough to where they started that they can walk away without falling over. And that last part is really important in storytelling and um, worship creation and sermons, things like that. When When you're telling a story in public and you're changing someone's emotional state, which if you're doing a good job, you probably are, you have to be cognizant of the impact you're having on other people. And you have to, if you're going to leave them in a different place from where they started, do it with purpose, do it for a reason, make sure that you're justified in leaving them in a, in a harder place or make sure that um, you're leaving them in a better place or that you're setting them down lightly. You know, all of these things are things that you can change by the way that you tell the story, the way you put your words together, whether you end with a dead stop or whether you end with a long flowing line of words that allows them to gently dismount from the story. All of this matters, right? Story is is like music. It has cadence. But it's more than just music and cadence. It's also that we get, as humans, empathetically and sympathetically engaged with the characters that we hear about, with with the ups and downs of the people and the other living beings that we engage with through the story. And we can tell stories that shift people's perspectives dramatically. One of my favorite songs, several of my favorite songs actually, have lines in them that suddenly reveal a truth in the third of four verses or the end of the second of three verses that changes your perspective entirely on the entire narrative that has come before. You're, You're emotionally entwined with the character in one way, and then you hear this line and you're like, oh, wow. Whew. John McCutcheon has one. L.J. Booth has one. There are a few other songwriters who have them. Those moments where you suddenly realize that you're more closely allied with somebody that you didn't think you were allied with or that you thought you were allied with in a different way. Those stories can change you. They can change you forever. They changed me. When you have a public voice, when people are listening, you have to be aware of what they're going to do with your stories, with your voice. Like you can't just, like when people are listening, you you have to know that they're listening. Of course, I know that people are listening to this podcast because that's the whole point. That's what I'm putting out there for. But But even if you're taking a public position or you're holding a public role or you're simply behaving in public where other people are going to watch you, if you're rising to power, if you're rising in fame, if people are beginning to know who you are when you don't know who they are. I have a friend recently who um, who was featured in a, a TV show and someone just randomly 
waved to her across the street and said, oh my God, oh my God, it's this person. Yeah, yeah, it is. (laughs) And that person has been cultivating um, their public image and public voice for a long time. So they know how to carry that. They know what the responsibility is. They know what they have to think about when they do things in public now, because they've been working up to it for a while. But so often when you build a company, you're not really thinking about it as a public visibility, public presence, public um, megaphone kind of space. You're you're thinking of it as a thing that does a thing. You're thinking of it as a thing that sells the thing or possibly as a way to make money so that you can survive or some combination of those things. It's not formed around the idea of public presence. And yet, as a larger-than-life, literally, entity, an entity that grows beyond the presence and space of one human being, that company becomes a thing that people are paying attention to, that people are watching, that people are listening, that people are brushing up against in their daily lives. And when it becomes that thing that people are brushing up against in their daily lives, the people are paying attention to, the people are engaging with, the people have a parasocial relationship with, not just with the person who's in charge of it, but also with the institution itself. That's when the stories become that much more important because it's no longer a story between one person and another person. It's a story between one person and many people, or it's a story between one institution and many people, or a story between one institution and other institutions. Because we live in this deeply interconnected world where everything influences everything. And so when I think about when I think about the kinds of stories and the ways that we use story, which is so powerful, it's it's wired into humanity as a powerful thing. The ways that we use story and public emotion as ways of changing the trajectory of things, as ways of having influence, as ways of of engaging people. In something, I I have to think about the ethics of it, right? How, what? Not only what is it in service of, but the actual process, the actual thing you're doing. What impact is it going to have? How many parents are now going to look at their kids and say, "I don't believe you. You must misunderstand the fact that a bomb has fallen on your apartment building. That can't be happening." It's not the country where I live that's doing that to you. Yeah, but it is. And if you have a a dominant voice, if you have, um, if you occupy a space where you're accustomed to being the most powerful entity in the space. What happens when the story you tell, even if it's technically true, is undergirded by a lie? Who do you harm? And by contrast, what if you tell the truth? What if you tell not just the factual truth, which is important, but also the emotional truth. What if you carry that emotional truth out into the world? What if you shout it from the rooftops? That's why 
Zelensky is so powerful because he, he started out by carrying a kind of immediate social media truth that people trusted, that people believed. He was telling the story from the ground, not from behind some fancy desk, but wearing fatigues, standing in an empty square. And people believed his story because there was there was so little room to believe anything else. There were so many accompanying details that made it feel more real, more immediate, more trustworthy. And yes, he's an actor. He's, he's good at the public stage. He's good at public storytelling, but he's also telling a story with a lot more truth in it than the opposition. And so he became a hero. When you're the hero, you can get away with a lot if you, if you need to. But he doesn't need to get away with anything because he has such a good story to tell. So when we're crafting stories, which are hopefully not that much life or death, what is the good story that we have to tell? What is this good story and how do we tell it well? so that it reflects us, so that it reflects who we want to be, how we want to be, and the world that we want to have around us. How can we just, how can we just put down the posturing and pontificating and pick up something else? What would you like to pick up? If you could pick up anything and make it big and make it something that everyone had heard, that everyone knew was in the air, what would you do? What would you make it? Because, because as a business owner, you have the capacity to do that. You have the capacity to build that. You have the capacity to become that. So, so, and this is mostly for people who are in the maturation and legacy stage of growth. This is not so much for, for germination and evolution. But as you come out of evolution, as you come into maturation and legacy, you come into this stage of growth where it's time. <laughs> It's time to it's it's time to really think about about what influence your institution has on the global stage and what you want it to have. How are you going to use that storytelling power because it's coming. Take care, I'll see you next time. This has been Power Pivot, the podcast. I'm your host, Leela Sinha. Thank you for listening. I offer gratitude for the earth and sky and the support and care of many who cross my path. Our post-production assistance is provided by William Jameson, and you can find him at jamesonav.net. You can find more of me and my work, including leadership consulting and keynotes, at intensiveinstitute.com.